truly one of the most interesting parts of Peru and seldom visited by travelers. The northern regions of Peru offer some of the most exciting, unique, and adventurous experiences found in South America. The Amazon, world's third largest waterfalls, archaeological ruins as old as Egypt's pyramids, and many other fascinating topics are discussed. So continue listening and enjoy the show. introduce my other co-host Jerry Fuller. Uh, how you doing Jerry? Fantastic. Oh great. I'm really excited today because we have Martha Tavera with us from Marnala Tours and we're going to talk about an area that most Americans and many people in the world have never even heard of that's visited and it's truly one of my favorite parts of all of Peru. We're doing northern Peru today. Welcome Martha. We're glad to have you with us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm excited, too, about letting people know a little bit about uh, Peru and its history and why you should go to other areas besides uh, Cusco and Machu Picchu, which, of course, is the best-known area. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. So uh, we we will try to bring a little bit of more information and see, see how we do. Thank you again. Um, We are going to start this morning with Lima. Obviously, to get to anywhere in Peru, the hub is Lima. We do not have flights that go directly into any other city of Peru. So a transfer uh, here is mandatory, no matter where you're coming from. So with that said, uh, Lima of course, is the capital of Peru. And uh, although many people might tell you, nah, it's not worth staying in Lima, you just go directly to where you're going, this is so untrue. You have to start by the fact that in Lima, we have one of the oldest cities in the Americas, which is called Caral. Caral is 3,000 years before Christ. So if you can compare that to anything else, and if you can tell me it's not worth going to Lima, I have to dispute that because the history of our country starts with Lima and starts from there. With this said, we have to also um, understand that we've gone through many, many uh, uh, changes in Peru from the time of where Caral was founded to the Inca Empire, then to the colonization of the Spaniards, and today. So the history is very, very rich. And this is something that you don't find in many cities or countries in Latin America. So because we were also the center of the empire, this is where the viceroys were during the Spanish colonization, 
of course, Lima became very important. And you feel the history there. When you go downtown, you still see the the architecture and the balconies, and you can feel that influence of the Spanish uh, times in Lima. Not to mention that, of course, also is the center of the culinary uh, part in Peru and in Latin America, and today is coming to all over the United States and Europe, bringing all our foods because of the differences we have with the uh, Andes and the coastline. So yes, Lima does offer something important. And from here, we can start off on our adventure of Peru. Most people do not know much about the northern part because for whatever reason, it hasn't been promoted as, uh, as Cusco and Machu Picchu. But you need to start with this area because all these cultures that we have in the northern part of Peru are prior to the Inca culture by many, many years. Many of them started in, in uh, 1200 uh, before Christ, and obviously uh, the Inca Empire didn't start until way after that because the Inca Empire only started in the 13th century. So it's really a very new uh, culture compared to what we have in the north of Peru. When we go to um, our programs normally start whether it's in Trujillo or Chiclayo. Trujillo uh, is uh, it's a flight about an hour, not even an hour flight from Lima, or you can go by land also if you want to. But Trujillo is where you find the ruins of Chan Chan, which are very important. And also in, in this area, you will find some of the old customs where um, they used to make these boats uh, made of um, um, straw, and it's called Totora. And they still use them to go fishing there. So it's, it's quite quaint. That hasn't changed. But you can mix a little bit about going to see the ruins of Chachan and the Temple of the Moon. All this area is, comes all the way back to uh, probably 100 to 800 AC. Um, um, so it's something that you must think in your mind, okay, and we thought Machu Picchu was old. Well, this is really old. You should see the aqueducts that we have there. Oh, wow. What they did in that area, is, it's incredible. And uh, then, of course, we also have very big temples that are being excavated as we speak, and they are in the form of pyramids. And when they started, uh, you know, uh, uh, figuring the age of these pyramids, they go hand in hand with Egypt. So it was all done more or less at the same time. Wow. We also, from there, in about maybe two hours by road, we arrived to another city called Chiclayo. Chiclayo also has one of the largest archaeological centers where we find the Lord of Sipan. When they discovered this 
ruins of the Lord of Sipan, uh, which again goes back 1,000 years before Christ, okay, the tombs that they opened were done exactly in the same way that you see in Tutankhamen, where they are in layers. And he was buried with his uh, animals, his dogs, and and food, uh, all draped in gold and silver. Actually, it was silver and and the uh, gold-colored copper, because apparently in that time the actual gold had, wasn't being done yet. But the dresses and the weaving is something impeccable. And it. we have... Yeah, it's something that most people don't even realize that it's there. But I would say, and I would recommend to anybody that has the time to do a little bit more, to a lot, a couple of days, because it only takes two days. Uh, you can do it in one night, two days. Go to Trujillo, do the area of Trujillo, then by land to Chiclayo, and the following day you do the Lord of Sipan, and you fly back to Lima. And you will not be sorry. It is fantastic. One of the things and, I really like there is that museum. I think it yes. rivals many of the uh, archaeological museums, even the uh, Cairo Museum. Not quite mm-hmm. that uh, massive, but the displays in that museum are phenomenal. Yes, they are, and they've done such a great job of it, haven't they? Mm-hmm. It, it is uh, it's something definitely worthwhile going, and uh, at least I would say, you know, um, take at least a couple of days and, and, and do this, because you will come back with a completely different um, impression of the country, probably, mm-hmm. and uh, it doesn't. You don't need to be an archaeologist to enjoy it. Uh, as long as you have a little bit of interest on history, definitely. But you come back um, having more respect for these countries that we call "quote unquote" third world countries, mm-hmm. because what you find there is cultures that were way, way before anybody's time. And the fabulous things they've done in those areas, what they used to do in those days is just, is for me, it's worthwhile going mm-hmm. for at least a couple of days. And the plus about this whole thing is that you uh, look at Lima in January, February, March, April, which is the summer on the coastline, and it's the rainy season in Cusco and Machu Picchu. Now you have an alternate for those people that would like to enjoy the weather and go during the off-season um, to these uh, parts in the north, plus the fact that you are going to enjoy the history and also the archaeology for, uh, without the altitude problem for those that cannot go to Cusco. And many people don't go to Peru because in their minds it's Cusco slash uh, Peru. And they say, oh, no, I can't because it's very high. Well, this is sea level. This is another situation that we have in Peru, which we have the country divided in very different uh, areas. The sea, the ocean, 
which is the Pacific Ocean, runs all the way from north to south. We have the Andes from north to south, where you will find Cusco, Machu Picchu, and all of that. And then you have all the area of the jungle, the Amazon. And that goes uh, after uh, Cusco and Machu Picchu and into, um, into the border with Brazil. So you have three completely different type of weathers and, uh, of course, the landscape, etc. And so it's for everybody. If you cannot do the altitude, stay in the coast. Go to Lima for a few days. Then go to the northern part. Go to Chiclayo and Trujillo. And once you've done that, then you go south to the Nazca markets, which we will talk about on the next session, right? Right. So that that would be my suggestion for that, not to mention that, again, you are going to enjoy during all this time the best seafood that you can possibly have. Oh, I know it. That sounds oh. great. Yeah. definitely you cannot go wrong with the food so uh, this is the alternative for people going uh, wanting to see some of the archaeology without having to to deal with the altitude or for those people that really want to see more than Cusco then again we also have uh, further north we can go to Iquitos Iquitos now is right on the Amazon. In Iquitos, we have not only cruises, but we also have lodges. We have for every kind of income, basically. We have from the very upscale aqua cruises, which are deluxe, all the comforts of a five-star property. Oh, let me tell you, one of the best chefs. Yes, Excuse I me? spent five days. I spent five days on the Aria um, yes. last summer, and um, uh-huh. I tell you, the, you're right. The food is gourmet, definitely five star, and the ship is phenomenal, and yes. the service was excellent. In fact, uh, my friend and I, when we got off the five days, uh, we didn't want to get off, and that <laughs> is the first time ever. In all the world I've ever traveled, that I did not want to get off a ship or a boat. <laughs> you wanted to take the chef with you, right? <laughs> I want. I wanted to take the chef. I wanted to take. The, I, oh, I'm sorry, we didn't take the entire week because um, you know what they do on those ships, and I know you're going to talk more about it. Is you just don't sail up and down the river. Uh, you stop in villages and you go um, motorboating out in the tributaries. We went fishing for the uh, piranha. I actually caught three. Piranha fishing, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I oh. could not believe I actually caught three. Wow. And I wouldn't touch it. <laughs> I made our little guide who's uh, doing the boat uh, take them off, and we put them back as catch and release. Because I wasn't about to touch one. I thought it might eat me alive. <laughs> but um, they don't eat people usually. And um, we also... They're very uh, picky about who they eat. They really are. And I, I guess they don't like me, thank heaven. <laughs> but we also went kayaking up the tributaries. Oh, wow. I mean, it's phenomenal. Uh, you, Did you, you get have... to see the pink dolphins? Yes. You oh. saw them twice. Yeah. <laughs> on the trip. Well, I've been on the Amazon. That was my um, fourth, fourth, I think fourth time. Um, oh, I, wow. I even did one boat one time from Iquitos to Belém. 
in Brazil. That they only they don't have them anymore. They I know it. they it's have tragic. them more as, as a geographical expeditions for something very special, but it's not for right. commercial sale. You know, so right. I guess in the old days when the commercial uh, days, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say, oh, maybe 40 years ago, and uh, that boat was so horrible, horrible beyond description. Because I was talking to one of the passengers, and he was leaning on the deck after dinner, and it broke, and he fell into the Amazon. And, of course, you got him right out. <laughs> but uh, it, it, I found out a couple of months later it caught on fire and burned. It was really old and horrible. But the new one. Well, this is like the African queen. So it's yes, not for it everybody. Right. <laughs> yes, yes. I know. But, Martha, can you talk about the different kinds of... Um, tourist boats that you can take out of Iquitos, because we talked about uh, the the um, Aria and the Aqua, um, the Amazon brand. Right. We do have but, the Delfines. We have the Delfines also, which is Delfin 1 and 2, and we have the Safiro. And then there are other boats that are um, economical, which we don't really... Uh, uh, promote in Manila tours mostly because we need to be <clears throat> sure that what we are selling is something that we can back, you know. So if we're looking at ships, we have the Delphines, uh, which are fun, very good, not as expensive as the Aqua or the Aria because those are the two um, high-end. But uh, the Amazon Discovery, the um, then there's one which is very small, which is also interesting, called the Catleya, which basically is uh, is a boat that people might uh, charter the whole place because it only has four cabins. Mm. So you do have the luxury of having your own boat and your own chef. And even though it's not as, um, shall I say, as super deluxe as the aqua, it's the fact that you have your own boat. And that alone makes it very interesting. Mm -hmm. Because uh, the food is done specially for you. Everything is, is basically done at your request. And the rooms are beautiful. They all have king-size beds, their bathroom. You know, the windows are humongous, so when you open the window in the morning, you have everything in front of you like you were out there in the in the middle of the Amazon, no? Mm-hmm. So uh, that is something that uh, people might be interested in if they if they like to to have something more exclusive. We saw four four different other boats as we were going up and down on our trip this last time. And Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of them looked like, oh, they'd be horrible. They looked old and not clean and crisp and and, uh, dirty and Well, this is why I say uh, you cannot, I mean, people might see advertisings of, of very inexpensive programs. Uh, but they don't. They don't look at all the, um, you know, uh, the specifics. Mm-hmm. And then that's where you run into problems. We have our own uh, boats that we would um, 
you know, that we will uh, promote mm -hmm. and we will not uh, try to sell everything because it's not, uh, if we don't know it, we don't sell it. And that's basically what it is, you know? Yeah. Right. So, uh, as I said, these are the ones that we would uh, probably go with, which is the, uh, for something small, the Catleya. Uh, and then you have others like the Queen Violetta, the Amastita. There are many, many uh, boats going up and down the Amazon. But as far as we are concerned, we'll stick with the Delfines, the Arias, the Aquas, the Safiro. Those are the ones that we would probably uh, promote. And again, you can't expand everywhere because then you don't have any... Uh, kind of pool with any of them. Well, I uh, think anybody over the age of 30, at least an American, over the age of 30, would not be happy with anything other than ones that you mentioned. Oh, because yeah, definitely. At the airport coming back to Lima in Iquitos, uh, we, had, uh, we met some people uh, that had gone on one of the lesser expensive ones, and all they did was complain about the boat. But uh, they loved the trip, but they complained about it. And, mm -hmm. uh, in fact, we had seen their boat. We didn't see them. Uh, but we saw the boat. We passed it as it was stopped. And um, I thought, ooh. Yeah, because yeah, some of them, you look at it, and they could be like the African queen, let me tell you. I know you. it. I mean, they're so... dirty and <laughs> ugly and look like they're falling apart. And you just right. hepatitis, here we come. <laughs> But, uh, and then again, one thing that I wanted to bring up, which uh, is important, is that sometimes, um, you know, people might feel that they will not go on these kind of trips because they have some kind of problem. They cannot walk or, or they're on a wheelchair or something of this sort. Uh, although it is true that many of the uh, hikes are not going to be available to them, they can easily go on the cruises because they will see a lot on the cruises. Mm -hmm. And if they have some type of mobility that they can be helped into one of the canoes and go into the smaller areas by canoe, they can enjoy as much as anybody else the cruises uh, because we've done it with clients of ours and they've enjoyed it thoroughly. So... It's important that this is good for everybody. I don't suggest little children, you know, under right. seven or six, because, uh, again, uh, you don't want to, to have an accident. The children are children. And uh, I don't know if this is something that if the parents are not, uh, you know, with them constantly or they are, kids that have been traveling all their lives and they're savvy, uh, I would not suggest it because even though it is the real thing, it's not Disneyland, you have to be careful. But um, it is something that everybody can enjoy. And then again, for those that do not want to go on the cruise, then you have lodges and you have... Uh, any amount again with for different uh, uh, different uh, incomes it doesn't necessarily have to be upscale but important again that everybody should know that 
you are in the jungle. You are not in Disney. So when the lights go out at midnight, you need to understand that everything is run by generators. Uh, correct? And that probably you won't have internet all this time. <laughs> because, you know, we are in the jungle. This is the real McCoy. The television, internet, and all these things uh, might be in some of the very upscale ones. And even then, they don't want to go that far. Because if you want to be, you know, in touch with electronics, then you shouldn't go to the Amazon or to the jungle. Right. This is adventure. This is something to be in touch with nature, do uh, walks every day, uh, do the canopy walks where you can see all kinds of birds. We have one of the largest uh, bird communities in Peru. So certainly uh, you don't want to be attached to an, an electronic device. You right. leave your cell phones in the room and, uh, and detach yourself from it for three days. It's not going to kill you. Uh, you you feel much better when you get back. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Can you spend right. a little time on the uh, two major, um, um, I guess... I'm trying to think, I'm blank, but basically the, um, <laughs> like the um, bridges, the skywalks, uh, like the, oh, the You mean the, the canopy walks? Yeah, canopy. Mm -hmm. that's like in Seba, Tops, and Explorama, Explonapo? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Can you talk you a see, little bit? Well, let me yes, tell you, of uh, course. a couple of years mm -hmm. ago, I was down there, and I was at the Explorama Lodge, and we did their um, canopy walk. Yes. I, mean, I was... I'm terrified of heights, terrified. <laughs> and I didn't know about Xanax, which has saved my life on one time. My brother, who's a doctor, required, uh, recommended it, and it saved my life. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, that canopy walk, I mean, there's it's broken up, sort of. But, I mean, if I remember yeah. right, it's got to be like, oh, it's over a 1,000 feet long. And it's yes. between and... Right. thing, and it moves. <laughs> But yes, it's not it's not for everybody. You're no, you're looking at a height of over thirty five meters, one hundred fifteen feet. Yes. and it you goes it as long as five hundred meters. It's nearly it's a third of a mile. That's uh, the canopy walk. So once you start, you have to keep going, yes, <laughs> right? Because you have all these people behind you. You either go ahead or down. <laughs> exactly. But then the experience is fantastic. What you see well, from the there, you cannot see it from the bottom. Right. Uh, can you talk right. a little bit about the ACER? When they opened that up quite a few years ago, uh, I went down because I was uh, intrigued with the idea. And they have a canopy walk. And um, But can you explain a little bit about the ACER uh, project? The and the project that they have there, which is right. uh, the the, um, the ACT field station, is what right. you're talking, that right. it was opened in 93. And it's actually, um, it's it was opened so that they could study all the tropical plants and, uh, and to advance, actually, on the discovery of new medicines and things that are coming up from that area. 
it, it is uh, incredible the amount of plants that we have in the area of the Amazon that still have not been, um, you know, developed due to any amount of reasons that you can well imagine, no? Many people do not want them to be developed because it's going to be quite, uh, well, it's going to compete with what we have today. But more and more people are now um, paying attention to it to the extent that uh, there have been talks about this, they're coming to the United Nations to talk about it, um, because we have an abundance of richness in this area that only the local Indians know about because for them it's it's their only medicine. And uh, they have, uh, you know, uh, kept it for many, many years, um, centuries really. And now the um, scientists have opened this center to be able to study more deeply what is going on and what they're used for. I mean, we do have um, one of uh, our relatives, happens to be a nephew, who is a, um, a therapist, and he just studies the uh, all these plants which he's do, using for his therapy with his with uh, or his patients, and they are in, they are finding that they can cure any amount of of things, including even people with diabetes and other illnesses of that sort. So the um, the ACT fuel station is very important, but of course to go and visit it, you have to extend your stay at either the Sabatop or, or Explorama because it's further in, so it's not something that you can just say, oh, let's go there tomorrow. No, it has to be a prearranged. Can we but talk yes, a little you... bit about, would you suggest, um, because I've done both, and uh, I know you've done both, do you suggest maybe doing like a cruise on the Amazon and then combine it either before or after with one of the lodges? And do you, do uh, it all depends, uh, Jerry. You, having done this, you understand that you're going to repeat a lot of it. It's just mm -hmm. the experience of being right. on an aqua that you're going to do. You're going to, to go on this cruise for the experience of the luxury and the food and, and this. But as far as what you're going to see, you're going to see more or less the same. Maybe some things that cannot be reached from the lodge can be reached by going on the cruise. Yes, I must admit that could be. Uh, for those people that are really interested in the Amazon area, it would be worth it. Maybe do three days uh, on the lodge and, and a three-night cruise. But for the average person, might be a little bit repetitious. Mm -hmm. um, again, uh, for instance, talking about the lodges, if we have somebody who is very picky and even though they want to go to the Amazon, they want to put a little cross saying, I've been to the Amazon, you know, <laughs> one right. thing less in my bucket list, right. Right. Uh, go to Sabatops. Why? Because Sabatops is the only one that has air conditioning. 
Mm. So we cannot hear about, oh, but it was so hot, so muggy. No, <laughs> that one has air conditioning, right? But Explorama and Explornapo do not have air conditioning. Mm-hmm. And there it's all generator uh, for lights, electricity. So you are, quote, unquote, roughing it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But Saber Tops does have a swimming pool and has air conditioning. So it's, uh, I mean, by comparison, it is probably more, um, you know, comfortable for those that uh, are not that crazy about roughing it. They don't care to rough it as long as they come back to a nice air-conditioned room. When do you recommend the best time to do the Amazon, that time of year? Uh, the time of the year, I think it's all year round, basically. And with the weather, the way it has been uh, <laughs> lately, yeah. uh, to say one time or another, you can you can possibly uh, go in the non-rainy season and have rain every day, for all I know, because mm-hmm. it has changed so much. But uh, air, air, let's see, the best weather in the Amazon, I would say it's... Uh, during May, June, July, that would be probably the best time, which is, again, the same time that you would go to Cusco and and that area. Mm-hmm. But you can go all year round, really. And um, the best thing also is, if we can, is to find out you know, a month or two before to see how things are and the water levels because that's what makes it the uh, difference. When the water level is very low, then you're going to find yourself with more bugs and everything uh, of that nature. But uh, if we're going to go by the calendar, uh, there is high water periods from December through May. Okay, which is the time where all the snow is melting from the Andes. And the low water period then starts in June all the way to November. So if we go by calendar, that would be more or less what you have to look at. Um, The climate is always going to be warm and humid. And... um, we do have <laughs> rain, probably most of the rain is all year round, tropical rains where it rains and then boom, it opens up again. Right. No? But you right. have uh, uh, the temperature will average about 88 degrees all the way to um, in nighttime 72 degrees maybe. But uh, that's, that's more or less what you want to look at is the... Uh, the water levels, which so is want where high you water. want to be. You want the high water. You want so high you water, water yes. That Death way, box. you can the boats can go further into places where they normally don't are not able to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, be ready for any changes, yeah, mm-hmm. because uh, in Iquitos, uh, it can it can rain or all the time or just be dry you never know but with the high water and low water uh, times that's what you want to look at that would be for me the most important part 
How long do you think a person should stay in Iquitos? In Iquitos, if you arrive to Iquitos uh, before 2, 3 in the afternoon, which normally is the case, I would say that the average stay of people, if they only want to do the, the highlights, would be three nights. With three nights, they have enough time to do the canopy walk and some uh, adventure walks in the area. And that uh, that would give you enough to come back and uh, and know that you have actually experienced it, no? Mm-hmm. And um, except, of course, for people that are going for specific reasons like bird watching and all of this where they can spend any amount of days because they're looking for different species. But otherwise, three nights is the average of what our people are staying. Uh, one night is it's too short. I mean, yes, if somebody wants to just say, I've been there, <laughs> probably you could. But I would say um, do a three-night program, and that would uh, really um, uh, give you a good overview of the area. Would you stay any time at all in downtown Iquitos? No, except for ex- except for taking the boat, or because you have no other alternative. You came back, you came into Lima late, so you taking a flight into Iquitos that arrives at six, seven o'clock at night. So there's no alternative but to overnight and then leave the following morning to wherever you're going. But no, Iquitos doesn't have anything. Really, to offer with the exception of the mm. exception of the opera house, which uh, you can see well, the opera house. You we're talking of Manaus at the other side, or well, they we, have yeah? that theater um, that was very. Uh, yes, I'm sorry, they don't call it the opera house. Uh, they call that theater, <laughs> and they used to oh. uh, in the uh, early 1900s have um, many very very famous uh, actors and performances. And that theater in downtown Iquitos, which was interesting, but just walked by it and said, yep, that's it. But uh, I thought that was interesting that back in the days when rubber barons were going wild. Uh, right, exactly, which is the same. To, mm-hmm. Go ahead. It used to Sorry. be very, very famous and quite, quite uh, civilized. And some of the architecture is quite interesting. But what we did, um, and I've done every time, is I, as you mentioned, you overnight in Lima. And I take a morning mm-hmm. flight, and then uh, usually the crews or the lodge people, or you can range ahead for uh, just a two-hour tour of the Quitos, and you've seen it done it. Don't say one more minute, in my opinion. Yeah, because we, uh, in all honesty, in Iquitos, we don't even talk to people about staying there. Manaus, yes, and that I am aware of the of the beautiful opera house in Manaus, which was built during the rubber boom, and it's still operating actually. It's that that one, yes, but not in Iquitos. In Iquitos, no. it's just in and out, right? Unfortunately, and uh, hopefully, I don't have anybody that from Iquitos listening, and they're going to be upset. <laughs> <laughs> but in Quitos in general, right. it's beautiful. <laughs> and then you go straight to where you're going. Yeah. That's right. It's definitely a, a letdown compared to the other parts of the Amazon. 
Right, right. But then uh, what I would like uh, also to touch, uh, which can be done uh, from um, um, Trujillo or Chiclayo, is go to Cajamarca and uh, and do uh, from well to Cajamarca, which is definitely something interesting for people to see. We have great ruins over there also. And it's a very colonial city. This is the last stronghold of the Incas before the last Inca was killed by the Spaniards when they came into Peru. And uh, it has a tremendous history uh, that is worthwhile, again, for those that uh, have been to Peru many times and are interested in the history of the country, uh, or they want the adventure of going to this area, it's something worthwhile. Um, I was there, was pleasantly surprised. We went to the uh, areas where they had the uh, the baths where the Incas used to bathe, and it's uh, they have a fantastic hotel called uh, Hotel Aspar Laguna Seca, and you get the best uh, massages, you think that you are anywhere in the United States, but of course mm-hmm. it's going to cost you a fraction and mm-hmm. probably a much better uh, <laughs> massage mm-hmm. that you would get anywhere else. But the area has all these pools of sulfur pools that are still working oh, nice. and uh, that the uh, Incas used to go to during their vacation. So in all the in the nearby areas, of course, you have uh, many ruins that are also very important for the history of Peru, anyway, and worthwhile going for those people that are into trekking and hiking and adventure. And you can certainly uh, enjoy this area without any problem uh, for two days. That's a perfect thing. To do, and uh, this is also the area where, as I said, was the last uh, hooray for the for the Inca Empire. So, for for the general history of the country, this is very important. Then, from there, we have also Chachapoyas. Now, Chachapoyas, I don't know, Jerry, you've been everywhere. Have you been to Cuela? No. I have not. No, shame on you. Wow, Jerry, that's (laughs) surprising. You you know, the tragedy of, uh, I don't want to say the tragedy of northern Peru, is that uh, the places we've talked about already, I mean, you can keep going back. And um, like I've been to the Amazon at least seven or eight times, uh, either cruise and or lodge. And every time I've gone back, I've enjoyed it immensely and seen other things and mm-hmm. uh like uh, Trujillo and north uh like i mean it's unbelievable like chanchan is the world's mm-hmm. largest mud um adobe type yes. building Absolutely. in the world ruined in the world and this and this is uh, an hour's flight from lima and I would say 90% of the tourists well I'm going to say american tourists because the europeans right. Uh, tend to go more there, but the American tourists haven't even heard about it. So yes, it's something that that I would suggest strongly to include in your 
in your next trip to Peru, if this is the second time, instead of repeating everything again and again, do something right. well, different. I'll have to go farther north. This time. Mm -hmm. so tell us about farther north. I'm very anxious. But to hear uh, this is this is Quelap um, was discovered 60 years prior to Machu Picchu, but unfortunately it was never developed. Uh, I think it was mostly because of the infrastructure of hotels. Well, not because neither of them had hotels in that time, but for some reason. It was not as accessible, I guess, as Machu Picchu, even though when that was discovered, it was all jungle. So uh, you figure that uh, if they were able to, to develop this, why not uh, Quelap? But Quelap is smaller, and it's uh, in an area that you actually either have to get to the ruins by horseback or by a four-wheel four drive. And um, but once you are there, let me tell you this: these uh, ruins are um, like a mystery. They are in the in the area of the Amazon, and um, they are. They claim that probably they were built as a um, fort because it's completely surrounded by these walls and to get into the actual city of Quelap, which are all around buildings, uh, the openings start very wide and as you get closer and closer and closer to the to get in there, they get uh, tighter and tighter until only one person can get through, which meant that they were waiting, you know, <laughs> to, for them to come in one by one and then eliminate them. So it was built for that reason, probably. Uh, they are still under excavation, and you still have to, um, you know, they, um, there's not a lot of infrastructure of hotels, so you have to uh, figure that this is more for people that are into the adventure travel, because the hotels are going to be comfortable, clean, with you know, uh, bathrooms and all, running water, hot and cold, but it's not go you're not going to find, uh, you know, Hiltons and Marriott's and this type of properties in that Sounds area. Sounds wonderful to me. Yeah, uh, and then right yeah. around it, you have other, other uh, excavations that, again, are under uh, excavation at the time, which are some um, uh, places where they have they have discovered where they have the burial sites of their people and the and the burials are done in uh, the form of people and the actual rest are put inside so you see all these uh, on the on the hillside you see all these um, uh, figures made of stone and inside are the rest of the uh, their oh, wow. people no they're all burial sites and very interesting and um, this is also part of the whole of the whole tour going to Chachapoyas and uh, something that if people are interested in visiting 
we have the programs. You have to figure that you are going to, um, you know, a lot, at least I would say, uh, four nights to get there and get to these places. Because, uh, again, this area, just so that uh, you you figure how old they were, they they were they started this culture in Chachapoyas between 800 and 1570 uh, after Christ. Okay, so it was way before the Incas again. So it is it's incredibly interesting what they're finding there is fabulous and what is very exciting for young people and people that like to go trekking you know and. Uh, so I, I was there. I thought I was never going to come back because if I made it, you can do it, Jerry. Remind us, when is the best time to go to do that? Again, it go. would be the same, uh, the same uh, as schools go because this is the highland. This is right on the Andes, but right. on the Amazon area, right? So yes, yes. Uh, June, July, August would be a good time to go. Perfect. And <laughs> again, um, you have to go with a very open mind, oh, very open. open mind, because uh, you you need to understand that you're not going there for comfort. You're going there because you're going to discover. It's like going on a discovery trip. Now, and do you have any? Um, the, are there mm-hmm. any snakes there? Flights, no, no, well, snakes. you can go to Tara- no, snakes. Hmm? Snakes. Oh, snakes? Uh-huh. Uh, you, I'm sure they live somewhere. It's the uh. it's part of the Amazon. Jerry, sorry okay. about that. <laughs> Those oh. critters are even in North Carolina. Give me a break well, in my backyard. Well, I, mean, uh, I know we're going to talk later about uh, Machu Picchu, but my sister and I were down there one time, mm-hmm. and we saw this snake right in the ruins We're going across the pathway. And uh, <laughs> and uh, that's high elevation. So I was wondering if I need to be ready to be ready to scream bloody murder and run. No, I, I, said, no, I, I am going there. <laughs> <laughs> you better, and you let me know when you're ready to go, I because we can set up an incredible trip. Which is, of course, uh, we are now in touch with a with a local um, supplier in that area that only okay. does that area, and he happens to be British. Oh, really? <laughs> he went. He went to Peru about twenty years ago, and he never left. Oh, wow. So he opened his own company. So it, it, it's uh, as he tells me, and I was speaking to him this morning because I told him we were going to have this meeting, and uh, and he said, you know, this is not completely developed. It's under development. The infrastructure hotels are uh, not quite there yet. But they do have uh, hotels that have all the basic accommodations with private bathrooms, very comfortable. And they're more like lodges, more than hotels, shall we say. Perfect. So uh, as long as people understand that this is the way it's going to work and it's more for the adventure than for the luxury, and also great destinations for students, university students, and if they're in, into archaeology, even more so. Mm. And then again, to just extend this a little bit more into the Amazon area, then you have 
the gut, the gut that falls. Uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm pronouncing it correctly or not, but it's spelled G-O-C-T-A. Hmm. And I've never heard of it. We, uh-huh, you see, something <laughs> new we are learning today. I'm so happy. <laughs> That's two down, yeah. one to go. Oh, my word. <laughs> yeah. Sounds wonderful. Anyway, these falls are considered the, one of the highest falls there are in the world. Very thin, very tiny. Uh, they are uh, 2,500 feet high. Wow. And you have to go there on a trekking expedition. And it is something quite impressive because you go through a lot of the rainforest, and uh, which is what makes it so exciting. We have, um, we have um, tours that are going there now, and they... They take that part of the uh, the falls and Chachapoyas, and then we combine them with other destinations. But this is something that um, people will do if, again, if they they like trekking, adventure. That's for them. It is not for the average person. Uh, so very important that they understand. But today. Adventure travel is what is selling more. Right. Uh, we we go, you know, to Chachapoyas, and there uh, we leave very early in the morning. We drive about uh, one and a half hours to a village nearby, and there you start the trek to the waterfalls. And um, it's uh, something that you can go and you can... Uh, come back again to Chachapoyas or some people up to camp over there. But most people are just going for the day. Mm-hmm. And it's a full day thing. And you can see um, monkeys and all kinds of birds. And uh, the the amount of animals is incredible. Mm-hmm. The wildlife is fantastic. Uh, so you arrive there. For, it's it's a, a three-hour trek getting to the to the actual falls where there is a lake, and then another three hours coming back. Uh, you will not uh, be sorry. This is something that goes together with Quelap. So you do both things, staying all in the area of Chachapoyas. Fabulous. So this is a whole awesome. new a whole new uh, scenery of what Peru has to offer. Yeah. which is completely different to what you have seen or heard before or you hear all the time. It might not be, you know, the run-of-the-mill programs, yeah. but certainly an eye-opener. Well, For this program that... is... Yeah. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, well, no. I mean, Go this ahead. program has definitely um, opened up a whole new world for most tourists going to Peru. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I, I, I never heard of a lot of the. I mean, mo- probably ninety percent of the things that you mentioned, Martha and Jerry. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing. And there's a whole other world on that side. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's it's it, it is a, a whole other world, and if you yeah. kind of parallel this with a little bit of general history, mm-hmm. you figure, wow, you know, you can't just take this country for granted. 
Yeah. It is it is a completely different scenario from any other country in Latin America. Mm-hmm. Why? Because these people, I mean, were were the were uh, what they were the conquerors of all of South America. The Tahuantinsuyo went all the way from Colombia to the bottom of Chile and part of Argentina. Jeez. So you think about it. I mean, we are talking yeah, tremendous. Mm-hmm. So the respect I have for this country is humongous. Even yeah. though I was born there, I always thought I was a foreigner. Mm-hmm. And today I am very proud to say, yes, I was born in Peru. Mm-hmm. Took it for granted, never thought much about it until I came to the States and realized how incredible this country is. And you can't just... Uh, talk about oh well you have this you have that no you have to talk about the culture mm-hmm. and and that's what makes yeah. this country so incredible yeah. so uh, yes it's something that uh, students average clients high end clients um, you know archaeologists and scientists because if you want to come and study about our um, what we have in the jungle, um, as far as scientists are concerned, uh, it's never ending, and you have people coming in from all over uh, universities going there just to study what's going on with the uh, plants and medicine uh, parts, which I don't know a lot about, but. It's there. <laughs> That's why I sell travel and I'm not a doctor. <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. Well, Martha, we want to thank you very, yeah. very much. This has been very interesting yeah. and most informative. We appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I'm happy that I brought something new to the table. And I look forward for our next meeting yeah. where we will touch the, uh, you know, what we all know about but I will try to put a little bit of extra stuff in there yeah. that you might know, know about. Really? <laughs> yeah, no, Maybe. no, I'm sure I will learn It's again. a challenge with Jerry. You know <laughs> that, Chris. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like, yeah, if, if you can crack it, correct your... <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, well, Martha, so. can you please tell yeah. all of our listeners how they yeah. can contact Marnella Tours? Yeah. Absolutely. Our telephone number is the toll-free 866 0033. We are in Raleigh, North Carolina, and we are here from 9 to 5. Uh, although we have a 24-hour uh, phone, but if you want any information on travel, call at these times. And our, our um, uh, website, which is www.marnellatours.com, or you can email me at martha at marnellatours.com and Perfect. just be aware that we customize everything so if any of this that you've heard is interesting but you'd like to change something around please let us know and we'll yeah. be happy to help you well thank you very very much again yeah, yeah thanks Martha. thank you and I look forward to talking to you again yes thank you thank you for listening to our show from all around the world we really appreciate that 